do you want to introduce it this time? No, I will I take no, it away? I'm not comfortable enough. Okay, that's that. fine. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Thanks so much for the um for the feedback on the last podcast. It was really popular and probably our most popular one to date because we need that validation. <laughs> we need No, I mean all <laughs> of them. Date. No, but all the no all the ones I've I've oh, made right, as well. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, we love that reassurance, the online reassurance mm. from the online platforms. Yeah, we love to see it. Anyway, I'm genuinely losing the run of myself. Yeah, Ellie is, is getting a big head now <laughs> and uh, we have to take her down a peg. But we are drinking Prosecco at the moment to celebrate our last podcast and the pandemic. <laughs> and the pandemic. <laughs> and the global just pandemic. drinking every single day. It's just like, we're celebrating We're celebrating. Something. We don't know what it is, but we're... Do you want to pass me your glass? Actually, I'll fill yeah, it up. Yeah, do fill her up there. So the last episode, if you haven't listened to it already, is about sex all about sex baby but we have a lot more to say about it i'd say i think our next podcast after this one is probably going to be about the porn industry so there's like lots of other avenues we can go down about sex but that was just like our own personal experience and kind of about losing our virginity but anyways besides the point this podcast is about family dynamics because us personally we come from a divorced family and it happened when we were te- i was a teenager so you were probably i was 11 you yeah. were 11 okay and it's such a common thing nowadays that nobody really talks about like well obviously like every person who like has divorced parents has been to a therapist you know but like it's how how much of a significant impact it has on a child and what the moral implications of getting into a relationship that you know is kind it's kind of a given that if you get married you're going to get divorced almost i don't know if that's i think it's 60 that's an extreme thing to say i think it's 60 percent of heterosexual couples that get married are likely know, to end that's, divorce, that's, something a, like that's that. an american statistic we oh is it okay like that we're we're more around like um it's around 15 percent in ireland oh what yeah it's it's actually it's actually far lower but it's like there's a lot of situations where parents will be split up but not divorced mm. they'll be split up living in the same houses like living in possibly like two different wings and of as the same well house. divorce is only legalized in the 80s in ireland anyway so that's pretty recent compared to other places or I, was it the 90s and it still hasn't like the fucking five-year wait yeah still hasn't the uh, constitution well we had a referendum against it so it's it should be going into pass soon but yeah only recently you had to wait for you had to be five years legally separated before you can get an actual divorce which is so long if you think about it and america i doubt has that in place so it's probably much easier to get divorced um and the prevalence of divorce as well like besides statistics because like we don't know any statistics do you know what i mean but like is that it's birth this generation of people our age who don't want to get married yeah yeah you know I don't know, like, and, and well, it's the same with, like, if you talk, if we're talking about, like, climate, the, the climate crisis and shit like that, people don't want to have kids. But now it's, like, it's, it's, re- it's this really grim thing where, oh, well, I don't know, well, whatever your perception of it could be different, but, like, it's this whole thing where people are, like, oh, marriage is bullshit, it's a trap. Yeah. Or it's ultimately going to end. Yeah. Um, and it's like as well if you if you have those kind of core beliefs which you there's it's likely that you do if your parents are split up mm. um then it's like how could i justify having a child and bringing a child into that mess because i know what that what the psychological implications are that later on in life yeah do you know what i mean it's like it's like even like now 19 i like our parents split up when like eight years ago i'm still trying to every issue that i have i know that's like such the, the like the cliche of like your par- your therapist is like now tell me about when they 
when they told you. Do you know what I mean? But like that's, I'm still trying to heal those wounds and still figuring out new ways that my brain is still trying to fucking process it. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I'd say you're the fucking same. Well, if you think about it this way, maybe I was a bit younger than you, but um, think about it this way. When you're born and when you're growing up, your parent you don't think of your parents as two people in a relationship you think of everybody as your family they are your core idea of what love is and what safety is what protection is you have uh, that that is all you believe that that will be there for you that's your stability that's mm-hmm. what looks after you you believe in unconditional love because you know nothing other than that Mm. it's like this is what love is we're all supposed to look after each other i know how i feel about my parents and you assume your parents feel the same way about you and that's how they feel about each other and that's how they feel about everyone else in the family and then all of a sudden one of your parents say to you i don't love your mom anymore i don't love your dad anymore that completely crumbles your idea of what love and relationships is all about and like it does so of course i'm still like trying to you know pick up the pieces of that like mm. but I think I don't think I reacted the same way that you did like it because mm. obviously pain is subjective yeah so I think my brain just processed it differently because I know I inherently believe that monogamy or like soulmates don't exist you can't have one person for the whole life mm. or there's someone out there for you yeah. your other half is missing mm. you know um because I feel like experience comes from learning about other people and stuff but I have been good with being in relationships and like long-term relationships and accepting that obviously there's not this like picture perfect romanticized idea of what love is in my mm-hmm. head but I don't think it had such an impact on my childhood where I'm like damaged from it where it's like I'm so fucked up I don't think I'm damaged I don't think anyone's like quote-unquote damaged but it's just like I'm like so hyper aware of like little issues that I have I don't know why is it every time we do the podcast it's just like let's talk about <laughs> issues <laughs> all of Ellie's issues but um I'm definitely like anything that's bad about me is like dad's fault (laughs) oh my god the tea guys the tea's why we got she's had too much no I'm so joking I'm so joking she's had too much no I'm so joking but it's just um a lot a lot of it does have to do with like how I perceive the divorce but like I remember when it happened though I was the only one who didn't cry you know what I mean? Like yeah. afterwards, I remember, I, I literally remember we stood up off the kitchen table. I went to the sitting room and played Sims for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how I dealt with it. You know oh what I mean? Oh my God. And I remember me and you got in a fight about it because you were like, Ellie, because you were like crying in the couch, obviously. And you were like, Ellie, have you told anyone? And I go, no, why did you post on Bebo about it? <laughs> oh my God. Because I was like, Keelan's just an attention seeking whore. <laughs> oh my God. So like, God. that's how I dealt with it. Like I was just like, made a fictitious family on Sims. <laughs> <laughs> I just put all my that eggs in that such a good coping mechanism. Yeah, it actually is. It actually is. But like, look at me now. Sis. But I remember um, I was in school, the all-girls Catholic school. I was the only one. Uh, yeah, but I was in my fucking peak of puberty. And that's like... I thought you were going to say peak of hotness. I was like, no, me at no, 13. No, I had... I, I think after... There was like a downward spiral after the divorce or the separation that like shaved the side of my head and mm, I was gay. And you were smoking weed. I was and, smoking yeah. weed. Caught, caught smoking loads of times before the junior cert and all. But anyway, I remember um being in school but like that is not what the... what was occupying my mind. 
because when you you're a teenager, so socially involved, it's so yeah. yeah, like you're socially aware of like your peers and stuff that that's not your family life isn't what's top priority mm. when you're at that age. Yeah, it's just like when's the next disco and where am I gonna get my drink? Yeah, but I remember well, being excited to tell my friends about it because I was like, I'm gonna get so much attention from this. Like oh, I was yeah. like, the, I'm gonna be the center of attention in my friend group for like the next two weeks. Ellie, I remember going to Billy Barry when I was like 12 and I'd forgotten my shoes and I made up this whole scenario in my head being like my parents just got divorced and I left my shoes in my mom's house so they'd feel sorry for me and then when they actually got divorced I like cried because I was like I manifested this even though I didn't know what law of attraction was but you know it's like I made this happen because yeah. I spoke it into an existence exactly. um, you are the manifesting queen I am the, but it's like scary I'm just like bah, stop That's, I tell everyone that I'm like Keelan get, gains all her success because she believes that she's successful before she actually is but like not in an in, you're not doing it intentionally because of the law of attraction you're just doing it because you're it's slightly just, psychotic <laughs> oh I know I know and like probably like delusional like oh a little God. touch of delusion oh of course but you have to yeah, you have yeah. to have it sure what how else are you gonna live your life yeah um but yeah so at that age i'm just like oh i want bigger tits and i want to look hot and i want boys to like me mm-hmm. so i was never like oh fucking hate my family i was just about to go what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> like, how did we get here um, anyway proceed. but then oh i was just like but then st- shit started going bad where mm, dad then moved out no as soon as it happened it was like they were sleeping in separate rooms and we there was a whole ambiguity about it where it's like you you have to believe ambiguity. what your parents ambiguity is that what i said or no, you said ambu- ambiguity 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 me around it me after a glass of i like honestly feel so loose around like, oh, I'm taking, like two sips oh it's so like, good the bubbles go straight yeah, to your head like, yeah. but you know I'm when your parents it. talk about it and like i remember dad going upstairs being like there's no one else involved so you're just like okay grand so you don't think anything about it it's just like they weren't getting on but it was like you didn't understand why it's mm. like how can you d- be with someone for so long and not like them anymore yeah i just didn't get it but then you understand that like you can't be with someone forever it's impo- it's almost impossible and i don't understand i still don't get how people do that but then when i'm in a relationship i'm like i want to be with you forever mm. you know because at the time you're like this is fucking fantastic but then you like looking back at mom and dad now i'm like jesus christ how could they be together yeah now because like, they're so what, what the fuck different. like what were they both thinking like what were they getting themselves into <laughs> it's like jesus were you on crack yeah like, what that's so crazy and but it, it shows as well it's a testament to how much you change over a life yeah you know and it's a and it's also a testament to how like beautiful that is when you do fall in love with somebody who's so different to you but i think as well a lot of the time when people divorce it's and like when when there is that basis of like being truly and well in love enough to like get married and have kids i think where they both fall down and wh- where you fall out of love with each other is when one person doesn't put in the same effort as the other person one person forgets how to listen yeah and the other forgets how to communicate mm-hmm. you know i actually genuinely i genuinely still believe that i don't know if that's like naivety but like i would never i i think it's I don't want to be like a fucking Jordan Peterson cunt or something but like I wouldn't have kids if I was ever I, I would never I, I you know what I'd go as far as to say I'd never have a divorce like I would never uh, if I had children I wouldn't do that to the kids I would just suck it up and just live through the torture of it really mm, yeah because I think it's fucked would you not think that that's instilling like di- weird values then on your kids if you're not getting on with someone that you love so then it would impact their relationships I, and I, how you behave I in a relationship I would go out of myself I'd go out of my way to be tolerant of the other person and to like get through to the other person yeah but you know what I mean if you're and I've never and because I have that because I've set that in stone in my mind yeah. I wouldn't get married to someone that I because you know you learn so early on in a relationship 
you just go okay that's going to be something that's going to piss Red me flag. off in six yeah, months yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah like down the line that's going to annoy me so you have to learn what are the things that you're going to be able to because everybody's like weird and like everyone's hard to live with and people mm. are you know <clears throat> we're, and you you can acknowledge those own things about yourself and you can you know acknowledge them about someone else um and you have to kind of when you're you need to use judiciousness when you're trying to decide who you're going to get married to mm. and realize what you're what you're willing to tolerate in like 20 years time when somebody's still like i, I don't know doesn't like dry up dishes or you know because it's these yeah. tiny little yeah nuances of relationship that like actually ultimately cause it to break down yeah and also you have to be able to take criticism i think it it takes maturity and like um, no, self awareness yeah. in order to yeah. maintain it's a relationship. It's so hard like to be so self aware though. And also, everyone wants is, to be right. I'm just, I'm just a bitter, broken home child who's like, I would never do that. You know, that's the oh, other thing. Okay. It's like me being naive, thinking that, oh, like I doubt it's that hard. Like you just stick with it. You know. Yeah. That could be it also at the same time. And then I'm so I'm just being an arrogant, like, you know, nineteen year old who actually knows nothing about anything. I could just never see myself in like a conventional family anyway where it's like we're married and we live in a house together like there's definitely going to be some randomer either living in the house with us or it's going to be like two families merged together you know I don't ever see myself in such a safety because I feel like in modern day society families are so closed off from everyone else mm. it's like you have your little tribe even though back in the day like tribes would be much larger mm. so it would be harder for that sort of stuff to get in the way but when you're so enclosed and nuclear and like you're in your own bubble it's much easier for like resentments to build up and bitterness yeah. because you have such a new like a a groundhog day life where everything's the same and so routine mm-hmm. rather than being involved in the community and like doing other things so i just know in myself that i'm not the type of person to just be so enclosed i'd go insane like doing mm-hmm. being doing the same stiff stuff every day routinely because that's how the resentments build up because you're just like how the fuck am i supposed to deal with this all the time but if you are separated from the person I just can't see that happening because you have to s- separate yourself as well because you definitely have flaws too. What do you think about divorce? Like, what do you think about marriage in general? Would you get married? I would have uh, a wedding party, but like have it as a love ceremony. Mm. And then obviously for legal reasons, I know there's complications with like wills and, um, you know, house sharing. If you're getting a mortgage, it's safer to be married. Yeah. So um, I'd probably be legally married, but like not actually under the eyes of the church what does the fuck does that mean i don't know like uh i think you just invented your own civil partnership yeah civil partnership sort of thing so I like if one change it, i think sh- the sharing of a bank account is the thing that like fucks everyone up do you think yeah but i but like even in my relationships now but living together it's so different mm. like how do you split that up it's like i'll get the shopping this week you get like it, mm. as you get older like that stuff doesn't matter I don't know it's just like I'm just I, th- I suppose it's not even the marriage itself it's the anticipation of divorce yeah yeah but like I would do something where I if we were split up we wouldn't have to get a divorce so it's not like technically married but it, whatever mm. civil part if that exists I don't even know yeah but like I just for the safety if I did have kids and someone Are died have kids I, I don't know yet do you, are you using are you actively using contraception no already knew the answer I yeah just, wa- just wanted to just cancel you, you wanted to cancel me just like every 14 year old watching no. <laughs> listen oh to what your favorite vloggers do. stop ellie um, no i said i have a fucked up ovary okay 
you have a fucked so what's the like actually what's going on there like tell me how you're pretending to be pregnant sorry but like side note but just pull let out. me know what are the what are the tips and tricks pull out question mark oh god natural method clink only natural method when it's I'm in a relationship I wouldn't do that obviously because okay. spread of STIs because disease yeah that's great upstanding member of the community Ellie stop taking the piss I'm only having a laugh Dina we're just here for a laugh Jesus Christ <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ calm down such a wet blanket. Like, I'm just having a laugh with the lads um Anyway, anyway, lads. Anyway, Enough that's us. That. Yeah, that Enough was us. That. that was a bit of a, a, ramble, a rambler. <laughs> I, I would um for, kid for kids. I'm, I actually don't. I'm like so always oscillating between having like six and then having zero. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's one extreme or the other. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of just like I love being such a selfish bastard, not having to be concerned about anyone else. Like, yeah, because like even I heard Dad say yesterday, he was like, "You only get worried about dying when you're young. You're invincible. You only start worrying about dying when you have kids, because then you're like, oh, these people are reliant on me, and I'm responsible for them and their well-being." Um, so I don't want to have to start like being concerned about you know what I mean, the implacable pull of death. Like, you know, no thanks. I'm gonna opt out of that one. You know, oh. or being responsible for other people, or having to dedicate my life to someone else and that's the other thing about marriage that kind of freaks me out it's oh. that kind of like you know it's, it's just me it's just me and you mate you know oh god I'm more of a romantic I'm just like I don't think about that sort of thing I'm a romantic as well but it's yeah I don't know it's just like the idea of ma- marriage just seems like something to take off the box you know yeah but you're looking at it in a c- cynical way like you, we, you don't have to get married but it's like living with someone is basically like in a, you're in a partnership mm. Yeah, I like the idea of partner. Yeah. Like, this is my partner. But, it, like, it gets more... Or fiancé is even a nice... Oh, I hate the word fiancé. It sounds like you're in limbo. I hate when people say my fiancé. Really? Like, just get married already if you're no, going to do sounds it. No, like, that sounds like these people are, I'd say, are on No, their I'd way. say partner is more like you're going right. to be... Yeah. We're talking shy. Sorry, talking shy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So then... Oh, yeah, loads of people on my story were like, I have... Uh, separated parents but they both live in the same house and for me that just seems like my fucking worst nightmare I just if you're a child like and you're living with that I think it's so awkward it depends why but obviously I understand like divorce costs money if you want to bring it to court and you have to get solicitors involved and stuff and Mm. families literally or they don't have money to fucking live somewhere else so that's horrible if you're a child and you have to live through that but it depends like they could be getting on but most likely they're not you know they're yeah. just like tiptoeing around each other like there was a girl who's texted in being like my parents have separate sitting rooms so there have to be a tv and like another they can't even watch tv together yeah but if the gaff is big enough to accommodate two separate sitting rooms and two separate bedrooms to the both no if you think about it think of the size of mom's room if Central wasn't there that could have two sitting rooms yeah so do you know um yeah and also but like watching tv together as a family like that's a very like familial thing like that's very close Brady brunch up you know what yeah. I mean so it's kind of fair enough that they'd have two separate sitting rooms I don't know maybe like that could work divorced in the same you're into house. it Ellie's like I'm into Ellie's how do I get involved she's in your like, family is this a category yeah. on Pornhub though <laughs> separated um, parents that don't sleep in the same bed don't sleep in the same bed oh um, I, I, don't me up. I don't think that's too I I, I, I prefer my like one of the, one of the parents to move that's out. Sort of a that's that's because you're privileged in middle class. What are you talking about? How has I'm that got to do anything? I'm, not, I'm, lo- I'm drunk. I actually am drunk. I'm like. Stop drinking then, because yeah. you're just attacking me. Okay, sorry. 
Um, and then I have, yeah, I just don't, yeah. I think dad lived in the house for like, well, a few weeks. Yeah, but that wasn't bad because I was scared of him moving out because it would just solidify the fact that he's leaving. Yeah. You know? oh, so that was I, wasn't, I, was, I was fine with... We I, went I to see... The, uh, the day he there. moved out, we all went to the movies to like distract my mom. And we went to see... What was the movie called? The Descendants. How would you remember that? George Clooney. I don't remember. And it was like the mom had died, but they figured out that she had been cheating on the dad. And it was just like the worst movie possible. We were just like... <coughs> we were just like... <coughs> oh, God. Jesus. Mom just got in the car and she was like bit of a bad movie choice lads <laughs> and the, like, that's how she's dealt with everything since then yeah. just like those those words exactly <laughs> like that was shit lads well, oh my god it was so sad and then we went back to the house and all the stuff was gone jesus christ i'll never forget it and everyone just went in their separate rooms it was like night yeah um yeah i don't remember him moving out that was a bit of a blur you just like PTSD yeah, blocked it I out. Was, well, I was so like I was eleven. But I was so annoyed that like when I obviously was rebelling as a teenager, but I don't think it was related to the separation. Like I just because I had friends already who had dealt with divorce, mm. and my best friend at the time like had never even met her dad before. So mm. I was like, this in in terms of in relation to my friends, yeah, this is it's not, not bad because yeah. like you know about the peer hierarchy of needs. We're yeah. like it, if you're comparing yourself to others, yeah, um. So I didn't think my situation was that bad. So I know psych- psychologically it wasn't having that much of an impact on me. But then because I was rebelling, obviously mom and dad were just like, you fucking need therapy. Yeah. And even the school therapist would come take me out of class in front of everyone else. I'd be like, what do you want, bitch? What do you want this time? And she'd just be like, I'm just talking about your parents. And I was like, they broke up. What else do you want me to say? Mm. Like literally, what else can I talk about? I was so annoying. Well, surely though that was a reaction from the... No, because it was like literally just what everyone else was doing. It mm. wasn't like I was out of the norm where I was going crazy. Yeah. You know, right. I was like what, the same as... You were doing we, the same as what the, same the happy shit family as people Even have, happy family people. Yeah, exactly. So, so annoying. And then we went to... <laughs> so annoying going, going to therapy. Yeah. I, now I sound privileged. Sorry, yeah, I take like it back now. A week. Fuck's sake. Um, no, but the school therapist was annoying me. Anyway, she... I don't know. She, maybe she was just bored. She was like, come on, tell me your problems. And I was just like, fair enough. Here's the tea. Um... What have your knock-on effects been? My knock-on effects? I See, I don't know. Maybe I'm not that self-aware. But I feel like my relationships... Well, like me and Searsha are like disgustingly introspective. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As in like narcissistic levels of introspection. Do you know? Mm. Like we're so like, let's analyse our behaviour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that it would make sense. That, like, but like me and Searsha can like list it off and list every single thing. That but you guys have gone to lit- like copious amounts of therapy. Like yeah. way more than I've ever gotten in my That's whole life. That's true. Yeah. Like literally insane amounts. You could probably teach psychology in a college. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it yeah. has, but I literally, I don't care because everyone's had hardships. You're hap- and you're happy. I'm well, happy. So why would you? Why and I've matter? had healthy relationships in my life. And like everyone has hard hardships in their life, so I don't understand how that gi- would give me, you know, for mm-hmm. me to analyze myself, being like, this is where I've gone wrong. It's like, but that's because you're n- you don't have any outstanding issues. At yeah, the so, so I like, don't why need would it. You, you need you need therapy. To yeah, exactly. Like, so I don't think you it don't has. Fix it if it isn't broke. Like. Exactly, love. Exactly, exactly, love. But um, like what I, I have cheated before though, so I think that was bad. <laughs> that was probably a bad thing. But I'm aware that I'm not like a cheat like regular confession time confession time in the confession box priest you're like five down Mary's do you think do you think people um, do you think people are more like likely based on birth personality type are more likely to cheat 
Or do you think it's a slip no, up that anyone I think can make? No, I think it's a slip up anyone can make. But I don't know if it was related. But I think um, one thing that I did take away from it that is like, I'm really good at breakups. Like, it, insane. Like, I don't, I just, if I, I can turn myself off someone if I feel them detaching from me. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing, you know, like how you get the ick. Have you ever experienced it before? Yeah. But like I've experienced it in like a year and a half relationship where I just get the ick. And I then, get an ick within a week. Yeah, so, but if you're in a long-term relationship, like it's hard to, to break mm-hmm. off from that because you're like, why was this happening? But um, if there's like one flaw or one bad thing that they've done, I can find ways to hate everything about them. But oh. then it's it's like really hard that I can't turn it off. Mm. And then it'd be really hard for me to like go back to normalities of like having normal conversations and being nice to each other. So you're just able to do that as well. Like really easy. It's like you've did did one shit thing to me, so I can just completely not like you anymore at all. Mm. And then after the breakup, it's like I can get over you so much easier because I found out a way to hate everything about you. Mm. So then I just don't get attached to like the whole idea of like a significant other. That's astounding. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing to have. Yeah. But also but shit. But it also, it's also though ruthless. Yeah, ruthless mm. because I don't have, it's like I lack compassion for the other person because even if they're still in love with me, I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. Um. No, but I don't think that's true because you've always been there for your exes, I think, to a certain extent. Like you've always had like lingering friendships after you've, you know. Yeah, that's true. Good, that, that you have been like keep keeping up to date with them and like still maintaining a sort of like rapport with them to the extent of like you know what I mean friendly acquaintance mm. and I think that's why as well I totally disagree with you with the staying together for kids because I actually just wouldn't be able to do it because mm. if they did one bad thing that I didn't like I'd just be like I hate you yeah I haven't had enough hate yet <laughs> stay, stay tuned yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, I haven't really because I don't I, I actually genuinely don't hate anyone like I so I, I haven't like I mean, I don't I don't think I've been in love so mm. I that's probably why you, you I don't I haven't had that that passion yeah. fiery I See, like, fucking hate you if you are so so in love with you is with someone yeah. you know like I know in my heart that that can turn into absolute hatred yeah like despise okay so that's how like it's two ends of the fucking stick mm. you know so you can feel both of them um so I prefer after a breakup to hate someone for a while and then I'd be neutral after that and civil okay. Because I'm like grand. Because you need to relieve that pressure. Yeah. The pent up pressure. So, um, and I don't know if this was like from our parents' divorce or like just maybe the behavior that mom is, but I'm like an oversharer. Yeah. Is that from, same. maybe it's from going to like therapies. Oh, I, well. I wouldn't have pegged you an overshare, but you see, I don't know what you're like, what it, what details of your life you're giving to other people. So we'll, we go out together. Well, like I talk literally anything about my sex life, anything about relationships. I'm, I'm an overshare as well to the extent where I'm always concerned after like my fear is so bad because I'm always like, oh my God, I definitely made that person uncomfortable with oh. telling them about my <laughs> you know but, uh, I'm an my intimacy issues like that's like my key phrase like on a night out I'm like I have intimacy issues like that's so embarrassing like going into detail I'm like let me tell you what Marie said oh my god Marie the biggest legend ever yeah um, no. even on this that's why I get so nervous to do this fucking podcast because I'm like oh, I'm definitely gonna like fucking be divulging seriously personal information that I'm gonna regret do you think because I'd never regret the only thing I'd ever regret is talking about someone else because it could be false information you could be saying stuff that Same. you didn't mean and you could hurt someone's feelings no matter yeah. what you say or you could come up uh, as a hypocrite but like talking about myself I have no problem with because it's only affecting me yeah. so it's like I don't care if people know that information because it's part of me and it's something you should vocalise because then you can come to terms with it and deal with it and it's like I don't yeah. care if other people listen to it because it might bring them some comfort if anything good's going to come out of it 
So are you talking about like mental health issues? Anything yeah. at all. And I love it when I'm on like, I don't know why, like my, my point of reference for all social interactions though is a night out. But like if you're on a night out and somebody's like, like let's talk about my year i'm like i love it i just sit down like you know sip sip my drink and just let it listen and yeah. just let them get their patsy chats out of their system like mm. i love that you shit. and Sirsha are so good at that though i wish i had the skills i just can't i'm just like let's talk shite you can't like get it out like of i only talk about like if i'm on a night out we're at the steps whatever i only start conversations like about porn or sex or like sex and relations I, I wouldn't talk about I wouldn't find any like internal information out of someone like I feel like it's in it, it's actually um it's a coping thing for social anxiety to be that person who somebody comes up to and tells you about your night because I would panic if I knew I had to go approach someone and talk to them on a night out like that would bring me panic so I like it when somebody clings to me and wants to tell me about their problems because it makes me feel safe because I'm like now I don't have to be out in the world on my own oh, I'm okay. getting and it also it's like it's validating because you're like I'm serving this person a, a favor I'm gi- giving them a favor okay so therefore I'm like I don't have to worry about me being too loud or obnoxious and then embarrassing myself and having the fear tomorrow so that's why me and Saoirse are so good at that that's oh. why we have that down to a T because we both have had the same experiences with like you know our, our our the way that we look at the world like the social world is r- very similar oh okay yeah i don't get that i could literally be on like my if own i'm with my close it. friends then i'm really loud i'm the loudest person in the room but if i'm in like a situation where it'd be me and you i'm not because i'm scared you know oh okay yeah i wouldn't get that and even that's why like i've trained myself so that when i'm drunk i go quiet rather than i get louder Mm. you know what I mean so yeah, like yeah if I'm locked I'll get quiet but that's just because mm. I'm locked mm. and I just I become speak. like nice and subdued and um it's weak and vulnerable like why weak <laughs> pathetic just little so girl knows, yeah um and I also wanted to talk about if people have a favorite parent because a lot of oh, times like you know when you're a kid and you have you say to your parents as well you're like who's your favorite child if you grew up in a family with multiple siblings mm. and they say we don't have favorites we love you all the same but like now even when because we're all older and we have divorced parents we know, we know like they'd say they literally be like yeah it goes in phases of who we favoritize mm. but it's the same with parents but i think um especially ours because they're so different i favoritize them for different things yeah so like depending on what yeah i'm exactly. going through in my life exactly. at the moment i so run to a different parent that's so accurate. like dad's like security lo- logic um safety that's yeah. like it and non-chaos like the opposite of chaos mm-hmm. mom's like fun uh talking uh sort compassion and emotion empathy sometimes mm-hmm. but depending like breakups not so yeah. good but like yeah if I, i'm in a situation where i'm sad and i don't want anyone to talk to me i'll just come here because i just hide mm-hmm. um but then it comes into play as well like if i want to go to mom's it means like m- mom's you. emotional dad's irrational yeah but yeah. like sometimes dad can be emotional as yeah. well um, and sometimes mom can be irrational if you know mm. in terms of emotion as well so and the, but it, as well for me i think uh depending on what comfort i need is because you Ellie, you and you and ellie you and Saoirse are there yeah i'd go there too mm, you know so yeah. it's like a whole other package for me because i live with dad yeah. so it's been like my life for three years has been so different yeah. but I've always been kind of like I can be on my own but be with everyone at the same time mm. but most of the time I'm going to be on my own because mm. dad's is more like you're isolated I feel like yeah I like um, I like I, I couldn't live without Saoirse and Sanchez like they're mm. my you know like that's my uh, 
before I didn't have my like random like Sunday mornings of us going to Tesco just browsing for like an hour and a half like I that's like m- the highlight of my week you know yeah. I love because like the, like sessions here to my best friends like I need, I need to live with them mm. um I thought when you were saying favorite parents I thought you were gonna say favorite children like parents favoriting ch- children because I never really think about like which one's my favorite like mom or dad but I suppose it does go and it, it does like it's probably the same with them I only think about it because when I moved in with dad mom would ask me all the time and we get in fights over it all the mm. time and it's hard to explain to a parent being like I just like different parents for different things because you're so different yeah. and right now I just need my dad like yeah. right now at this moment and it's sad as well because when you're a kid it's like this sort of like um, you overflow with this b- absolute bounty of unconditional love for your parents and it's like when you turn especially it, it happens earlier mm. if your parents get divorced you realize that your parents are just normal flawed kind of fucked up people yeah you know yeah. and then it's like that kind of takes that away from you a bit more so you're able to more critically analyze them yeah um so yeah so it's a bit it's a bit, that's another thing that i th- feel like that probably has a bit of a knock-on effect for like especially like with respect and learning how to respect your parents as you get older because you can be you know the way you go through phases of being like an ungrateful little bitch like mm. me like i'm such an ungrateful bitch um just just self-deprecation um but yeah no i think feel like shit like that probably stems from um your parental divorce because i feel like it, sometimes you subconsciously blame one of your parents for the divorce even though it's just a natural part of relationships that they do end mm. <laughs> what sorry i was just letting are you, that are you are you drunk sit. i was letting that sit no i didn't know Kim, what you're I, drunk get I'm a taxi drunk. home i'm not drunk um what was i gonna say after that fuck it wait i'll just pause until i figure it out sorry i remember yeah, I wanted to talk about when you get to the age where you just like accept that your parents are people because a lot of times I think when you're growing up, especially when you're a teenager, I think uh, particularly when you're like 18, it's such a weird age because your parent, especially mom, they just think like, you're finished now, so I'm not parenting you as much as I used to, mm. but it's like still kind of the same and then they want a lot from you and you want a lot from them, but you don't understand where you kind of stand. Mm because you're not fully an adult yet but you still feel like you're a child and you're expected to be an adult because you're going into college and you have to work and like support yourself um so i think during the ages of i think 19 to 21 you like really mature because you've realized that your parents are just people so it's like i don't expect anything from you anymore i'm not dependent on you and i can be totally my own person and then you can start to kind of be friends with them as well and obviously after you move out and stuff as well i had such a better relationship with mom because I could just accept that she was a person so I wasn't expecting anything from her like if I was in a crisis and living with her and she couldn't give me what I wanted even though I wasn't communicating what I wanted so it was really hard on our relationship I think but now living apart like even if she needs my help I can give that to her which is such a like fulfilling a satisfying yeah like such a fulfilling feeling that you can help your parents Mm. like I just think it's full circle yeah yeah and like even even so it's so small not even a big thing but like if you can go out for dinner with mom and just like pay without even making a deal out of it mm. you know being like i'm paying for this you know it just happens naturally like it's such a yeah turn. you have the like dirty titty money if i had that kind of cash i would totally be paying for dinner. yeah but you know like little things where she doesn't um because you know mom has very like i want people because 
if you don't have a partner it's so sad because you don't have people get any of those little things that you hint about Mm -hmm. and especially if you're kids like you're not working so you don't have spare income to be spending on your parents yeah but it's sad to see that your mother like doesn't have that from someone so now it's so it's such a nice feeling for me to be able to be like i'm coming over and i'm bringing your flowers because just because i can yeah so i think that's really nice to have um but anyway to finish off the podcast i wanted to talk about foster parents you know because one of my friends from galway came from a foster family and i don't think it get like i don't know anyone before that before i met her that came from a foster family but i do know my friend reese who's from wexford his parents foster kids so i kind of had a little bit of an insight of what happens and um what she was saying to me was so as soon as you turn 18 your foster parents like don't have any connections with you because they're not getting paid anymore for you to live there Mm. so you're expected basically to move out and the government gives you like a small bit of a fee kind of the same as the Susie grant yeah but doesn't give you money for rent or like social housing or anything so you're Mm. basically homeless once you're kicked out and there's so many people in the system but loads of people just don't talk about it because you think they're like adopted kids but they're actually foster kids which is much different because the parents don't actually have a like financial connect financial connection to you and uh, I just think it's something that should be talked about more. Mm. Um, and like there's so many other different kids in your class that just don't talk about, I think when you're a teenager, you don't talk about your family situation as much because mm. it's all like, oh, what are you wearing on the weekend and all? Like, because everyone just has kind of surface level conversation yeah. and it's not really anything deep. But when you much get, get older, you understand the importance of talking about your feelings and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the psychological impact or the implications on relationships when you come from a foster home is astounding because you're looking for reassurance like from not even your biological parents and not even your adoptive parents it's like a total different type of like you're my guardian sort of but you don't feel any responsibility for me Mm. and i don't like there is the confusion of whether they actually love you or not Mm. or they're doing it for the money because you get paid a small fee for fostering a child and um yeah so i just wanted to leave it there to keep that in mind when if you are still in school yeah it's so beyond my experience i couldn't even comment on like the foster kids and i think there there definitely was foster kids in my school but like you just wouldn't know Mm. because no one says it like you don't know if someone's adopted either unless you're actually friends with them and have gone to their house Mm. you just wouldn't so um maybe i'd probably have to talk to her more and see what she says but she says it's been so hard in her especially like because she only when she turned 18 she was completely on her own Mm. she felt like she was so immature and she didn't know what she was doing um so, so scary you'd feel really alone i'd in the world. feel like i felt so like fucking if i thought divorce was bad you know and mm. then you hear about a story that's constantly people. me every single day being like oh, i think i'm like i like a, think i'm a victim for I, like something that's just so such a middle class problem i know yeah uh it's like me in my private school i, I found know. it really hard with all my so, therapist so with hard the, with the hundreds that was invested in my therapy um so to just keep that in mind if you aren't i know i have a lot of listeners from secondary school so to know the people's family dynamic might have a have implications on people's behavior in school life especially if they're coming from like a family with domestic abuse as well mm. because i know even people in my school that suffered with that uh, domestic abuse at home and they might like lash out in school and i don't i feel like every teacher in secondary school should be trained with like psychology or something mm. as well as just the academic part of it because there is all of that stuff that go- comes into play in terms of like learning things mm. and being in social situations with other people especially if, especially if you're in an all-girl school or an all-boys school where 
tensions are high and everyone's hurting. and also in a disciplinary sense because yeah. like teachers are meant to, are meant to be disciplinaries mm. like when they're not trained in that they don't understand you know how to actually deal with children and with the the issues that like teenage girls or boys might be going through yeah you know because then if you're suffering with that sort of thing at home and then you go to school and your teachers are saying you're such a bad student you're so bad and you keep getting in trouble you're con- you're going to grow up with the like uh imprinted idea of yourself as as being a bad person mm. just because you've gone through some shit so that can have a phenomenal like impact on it yeah and no nobody deserves to work if they don't understand like basic like positive reinforcement you know what you mean like po- like positive reinforcement like you know have you seen that like skinner oh, experiment yeah. thing with the with the rats oh right um, just like ba- basically you know what i mean f- filling the child with compliments rather than you know because if you if you tell somebody that they're shit at something they will become shit at it by means of like the pygmalion effect yeah of like you 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 ba- you you don't act who you how you think you are or what you think other people think you are you think you oh, no okay sorry i'll start that again i am not who i think i am i'm not who you think i am i am who i think i think you who i think you think i am oh, do you know okay, what i mean yeah. it's like you become what you you think other people expect from you do you know what i okay, mean okay yeah um okay will we leave it there yeah okay. i'm i'm locked keelan i'm absolutely trolley i can't see straight like what yeah i'm dying for Ronnie. I was counting in the minutes. Oh I my god! Okay, fair enough. Okay, thanks so much right. for listening again. And if you found it interesting, please be sure to share it on your story. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. As soon as the quarantining is over, we will be doing a live podcast show. I don't know that I is next year. I don't know if I'm qualified to do a live podcast show. Ellie, you can just get locked before. So it's usual. Usual. Yeah, it's your only all coping. Me- I was like, Ellie, we all know what your coping mechanism is. <laughs> Everyone just like brings you leaders. Yeah. Um. So we will, uh, well, I'd really like to do a live podcast show. But we'd have like a guest on it. So it'd be more, and we'd just be drunk, like, okay. so that's fine. But who knows when the fuck that's going to happen. But we will be recording more episodes anyway to keep you entertained during the self-quarantining. I hope everyone's okay and um, is keeping, is looking after themselves and talking to their loved ones. And be sure to call your grandparents. And that's it, you sexy bastards. I love you all. Have a great day and wash your hands. Bye. Bye.